Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Wow. Somebody, uh, somebody once said something along the lines of, uh, you can have everything but not have Jesus, therefore you have nothing. And then somebody once said, you can have nothing and have Jesus, therefore you have everything. Amen? Amen. And there is some serious, serious truth to that. In this Christmas season, we know that a lot of people will be receiving a lot of presents. A lot of presents. A lot of boys and girls will be, will be receiving tons and tons of presents. A lot of Husbands will be giving their wives some incredible presents, and people are just going to be having presents coming out their ears. But if they don't have Jesus, they're not going to have real peace this Christmas. They're not going to have real joy. They might have temporary happiness with the toy that they've opened up, or the new iPhone, or the new tablet, or the new car, or whatever it is. But all of that fades away. And soon your brand new iPhone gets, you know, a month old and you want the new one or whatever it might be. And we have come to learn as followers of Jesus that the only way to have real peace, not only at Christmas time, in life in general, is in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because And he said, in me you'll have peace. He said, therefore, be of good cheer because I have overcome this world. And so a lot of people are going to receive a lot of different presents. But my message this morning is the presence of God this Christmas. And it's been a tough year. It's been a hard year, a trying year. And if there's ever a Christmas or ever a time where we need the presence of God It's right now. I'm speaking first and foremost for myself as a man, as an individual man whose desire is to follow Jesus. Aside from everything else, all of my responsibilities as a husband, as a father, as a minister, as an employee at a a workplace, me right now, my greatest need, my greatest desire is that the presence of God would be with me. I mean that. I'm learning that, and it's a truth that we all have. So we're talking about the presence of God, not the presence or the gifts of God, but his presence. Now, before I get started, presence, gifts, are a huge and wonderful and exciting part of Christmas, and everybody said, amen. There's nothing wrong with gifts. Come on, I like gifts, chocolate and money, praise the Lord. Those are good gifts. But kids, especially kids, children love Christmas because of presents. If we're honest, children don't love Christmas when they're young because of Jesus being born in a manger. Yes, that's part of it. Yes, they learn about that. But they love Christmas because of the presents. That's the truth of it. And I did when I was a kid. And I remember Austin put this up. These were two presents that I got as a kid. I'm sure my brother here, kind of in my age range, he can relate to Nintendo. Listen, I remember this Nintendo entertainment system. We, we wanted it, man, so badly, my brother and I. 
And I remember a few days before Christmas, my parents were sleeping, and we went down at night, and we snuck. And I went down on the ground, and it was all wrapped up in the box. But my parents always used the cheap uh, wrapping paper so you could see through it. So my brother, he comes behind me, and he holds a flashlight up. And I'm, and I'm holding the paper, not making sure I don't rip it. And I can see through it, and I read the words. I'm like, N-I-N-T-E-N. And by the time I got to N, he's like, Nintendo, Nintendo. 100% true story. So we knew before Christmas we were getting Nintendo, but we didn't care because we were so excited about that Nintendo. Another present, this is called for you older folks, a GT Snow Racer. We wanted one so much, the black one, the old school black one, not the fancy ones they have now with all the colors and the horn and whatever. The old school black original GT Snow Racer. And I remember we went down... Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve came, and we didn't see no GT because it's a big box. We didn't see two big boxes under the tree. And we're like, come on, like, Lord, please. Christmas morning, I remember it as if it happened yesterday. We went downstairs by the tree, and there was two, because the boxes were so big, my dad had wrapped them up in a big black garbage bag each. And I knew GT Snow Racers coming my way. And that's, those are two of my presents I got that I remember to this day that I absolutely loved, but I don't still have it. I wish I still had it, especially the Nintendo. Oh, my, I wish I still had that. You got to pick the game and blow it out. You know those people. You should blow it out just to get it working for five minutes. But kids, they love presents at Christmas. And as parents, you love to give kids presents, to see their face. It brings delight to give them something they've been wanting or, or you know, praying for or asking for. But, but kids at Christmas, they sit on Santa's lap and they tell Santa what presents they want for Christmas. Kids make a list of the presents they want at Christmas. Kids tell their parents over and over and over and over again of what they want as a present for Christmas. They wake up Christmas morning. They race downstairs like I did that one morning to see what is under the tree. That is such a wonderful, exciting part of Christmas. It really is. We buy presents. We wrap presents. We unwrap presents. We play with presents. We wear presents. We all enjoy presents. In fact, the wise men in Scripture took presents to Jesus when Jesus was born. In Matthew 2.11, it says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother, uh, his mother Mary. And they fell down and worshipped Jesus. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to Jesus of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Nice gifts. In fact, gold, much like today, was obviously very expensive and valuable in the time of Christ. Gold at that time was also associated with royalty and by bringing a gift of gold, the wise men were showing that they did consider Jesus, this newborn baby, to be a king. Royalty, majesty, here is gold, something precious, something valuable. Now, frankincense is an aromatic gum resin that is scraped from trees and burned as a beautiful incense, which is still being used today in some countries. Frankincense was closely associated with ceremonial worship of a deity or a god, a creator, the created one, the, cre the creator. And the wise men at this time knew this was God. Therefore, they gave frankincense. And myrrh is known to be a fragrant spice taken from the sap of a tree. 
And like frankincense, it can be used as an incense, but in the ancient world, it also had wider usage of a perfume or an anointing oil and was even used medicinally as medicine, which I find interesting. Listen to this. Myrrh is used today as well. Myrrh is used for indigestion, ulcers, colds, coughs, asthma, lung congestion, arthritis pain, leprosy, and spasms. Myrrh is for mouth soreness and swelling, inflamed gums, gingivitis, loose teeth, canker sores, bad breath, and chapped lips. It's also used uh, topically for bed sores, wounds, abrasions, and boils. Myrrh. And isn't it interesting how they felt to give Jesus and Mary and Joseph myrrh? And possibly some um, theologians of Scripture who have write commentaries have thought, I wonder if Mary and Joseph were able to use that. I mean, when you give birth to a baby, there's some wounds, that there's babies get sick, whatever. Maybe they use myrrh medicinally as well. But they were given gold, frankincense, and myrrh as presents to Jesus. And we all agree that presents are awesome, and we learn that presents are biblical. In fact, the Bible says in James 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation of shadow of turning. God loves to give you and I, his children, gifts. Like a father loves to give his kids gifts, God, our Father, loves to give us presents and gifts and blessings. Amen? But this Christmas, what we really need is the presence of God. We don't need gifts primarily. We will receive some, yes. We will be grateful for them, yes. God will bless us, yes, tangibly with presence. But more than ever, we need the presence of God. We need him to be close to us. We need him to speak to us. We need God to hold us. We need God to comfort us. We need him in every area. We need his presence to surround us. Oftentimes, I'll be real with you, oftentimes when I'm praying and if I'm emotional before God and I'm feeling such need for God, which happens often when I pray, most of my prayer is, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you, and I ask him to hold me. There's times where I'm trying to fall asleep at night, and maybe I'm feeling anxious or restless or worried or whatever it might be, and I'll ask the Lord, I'll say, Lord, please put your arms around me. I need his presence with me every single hour of every day. So with Christmas only five days away, let's look together this morning in Scripture at the Christmas story and we know that the Christmas story actually begins in the Old Testament. And we find it, we'll start in Isaiah. Uh, you can follow along on the screen. But I want to look at seven points in Scripture about the presence of God in the Christmas story. So number one is the prophecy of his presence regarding the Christmas story. The prophecy of his presence. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is a word through the prophet Isaiah for Israel, for God's people. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin, speaking of Mary, shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
Now we all know, at least I'm sure we all, most of us know, Emmanuel means God with us. So the prophet was saying to Israel, 700 years before Jesus was born, he was saying, God was speaking to them saying, listen, there will be a savior and, and, and he will be born through a virgin and he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us, which means God was speaking to them. God is going to come. I'm going to come down to you. I'm going to be with you. My tangible presence will be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Israel was promised their Messiah. Israel was promised that a Savior would come. And he would come down to help. He would come down to comfort. And he would come down to save and to be with his people. Amen. And of course, like I said, 700 years later, it was promised and it was fulfilled. So number two, we find the promise of his presence. In Luke chapter 1, we read of God sending angel, uh, the angel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary. Luke 1 verse 30 to 33 then the angel Gabriel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Look at the promise. He will. It will happen. He will. It's, you can go to the bank on it. It will happen. God is speaking through the angel of Mary. That which was prophesied 700 years ago will come to pass. You can bank on it, the angel was saying. We find in Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. And so it was, it starts to say, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So the promise of the presence of God coming to be with his people now was fulfilled. It actually happened. We have a baby, they would say. Ooh, it's a boy. You know when they, they what are those things where they pop the balloon in a, either pink thing of smoke? A gender reveal. Boom, there's the balloon. It's a boy. There's Jesus. Woo, it's blue all over the place. Right? I'm sure they did something like that. But the promise was fulfilled. Here was the, the baby, he, born of a virgin. It's true. It all came to pass just as God spoke it so long ago. The promise of his presence was fulfilled. And now we read in Luke 2 of the proclamation of his presence and the promise being fulfilled. We read in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. Now there were, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, just doing their job, shepherds, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Amen. You would be too. And the angel said to the shepherds, who were just doing their job, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Look at the proclamation of this fulfilled promise of, of God coming down. Now that it's happened, now God sends the angel to go to normal people like you and I. Normal shepherds, nothing fancy, dirty sheep, open field. There God sends the angel to say, listen, th this promise that I said would happen, it's happened. And now they're proclaiming it. There is the angel and the glory of the Lord. And they're saying, for there to you is born. This day he's born in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. They're shouting it out. They're proclaiming this good news for all people. The proclamation of his presence. It must be heard. They're declaring it. It's good news. Good news needs to be heard. We've heard a lot of bad news this year. Bring on the good news. Amen. Sometimes you got to shut off the bad news. Some of you may have figured it out, but the last four months I've been off of social media. Boy, it's been wonderful. I intend to get back eventually, but it's been wonderful because I just, I couldn't take, I, I didn't want to see all the, all the headlines and news feeds. So for me personally, I took a break from it. Sometimes you need to silence the bad news and say, Lord, bring on the good news and proclaim to me the good news. Read only the good news. Listen to only the good news. Talk about only the good news. Don't put your head in the sand like everything's fine because that's ridiculous, right? Be real and be aware of what's happening, but declare and proclaim good news for all people. Woo! That's what the angels did to common people, shepherds in the field. Number four, we now find in the same passage, Luke, Luke chapter 2, the proof of his presence, the proof of it. It's real. And the angel continues to say to the shepherds, verse 12, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Look at that. You will find this baby. I'm, I'm being real with you. I'm telling you the truth. God is speaking right now. I'm the angel of the Lord. I'm literally from heaven with the message from God saying, you will find the Messiah. You will find the Savior. He is real. This is really happening. Go. You will find him. And the sign will be you'll find them in a manger, in a, in, a, in a farmhouse, in a manger where animals are laying and feeding and stinking and drinking and all that stuff. That's where you're going to find. That's where you will find your, your Savior, your Messiah. And today we know greatly people need to find God. They need God. They need a Savior. They have everything else going for them. They got the career. They got the big house. They got the boat. They got the money. They got the savings account. But they don't have their savior. That's what the world needs. They say, you will find him. You'll find your savior. He's real. It's actually happened. The promise was fulfilled. People need hope today. People need forgiveness of their sin today. People need to find life that is presented only and truly in Christ. He came to give us life, amen, and life abundantly. That's why he came. People are searching. They're searching for truth. We all know that. We all, I'm sure, have people in our workplaces and our families. They're searching for God. They're trying all sorts of maybe different religions, different beliefs, different practices, and they're searching for God. And the reality is the Holy Spirit is drawing people 
to Jesus as well. Amen? He is. He is. People are searching. The Spirit is drawing. But listen, I want to say that the proof of God today, the majority, I believe, that people will see God is in you and in me. Not that we're deity, not that we're small Jesuses or small gods, not at all. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of Christians. And so people at your job, they're looking for God. What do they see in you? How do they hear you talk? What do they hear you talk about? What what life, what example are you showing to people around you who are searching for God? Listen, they want proof. People want evidence. And to bring hardcore evidence for the average Christian of of why and how God exists is really hard to do. But people are looking at your life. And if they see that God has changed your life, maybe they knew who you were and now they see you're totally different. That's such a witness right there. That's the proof God is real because look at what I came from. And they'll see that real joy and life within you. That is the proof of his presence here on earth. Yes, the Holy Spirit can come to an awful sinner and open their eyes and they can encounter Jesus alone in a jail cell. It happens. But primarily, God has chosen to use us here today as the hands and feet of Christ. And so the proof of God's existence, of his presence, his reality is through you and I primarily and how we represent him. Amen, because the world is watching. They're watching us. If you say you're a Christian, if you reveal that you're a follower of Jesus, you you will have eyes on you for the rest of your life. People are going to want to watch. Oh, look at you stumbled there. Are you really a Christian? They're watching you. And so be real. Be real with them. But make sure that we understand people are looking for God and they're looking in us. They're looking at us. For proof that God exists. Amen. Amen. We find the praise and the worship of his presence that came true. Verse 13. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of angels. Now not just one angel. Now all the boys came down as well. Woo, here we are. We're going to have an angelic party. Right? This is big news. This is good news here. Let's celebrate. So there's one angel saying, boom, here's the good news. And now there's the multitude of angels of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. God's intention is that we would experience his peace. His peace. Not perfection on a messed up earth, but his peace despite it. His presence that is unlike anything else, that nothing else can offer us like the presence of God. And so there's praise because of this. The angels are worshiping God because the promise has been fulfilled and his presence came down to us. So they're worshiping him. Let that be an example for us when we come to church, when we wake up Monday morning not really wanting to go to work, when we're having a bad day at work, when we're, whatever we're doing, let this be an example to us that we have reason to praise because our Savior has come. Our Savior has come and redeemed us. He's made us right with God by his mercy and grace alone. We have reason to praise. And sometimes I need this thick head of mine to be reminded of that. I really do. 
But the angels were worshiping God because of this good news that came for all mankind. Number six, now we see these, the shepherds were told the good news, right? There, the, it was the proclamation. This is what's happened. It's real. They were, they were said the proof is found in a manger. You'll find him. It's, he's really born. You will find him. And they've heard the good news. Now we see the pursuit of his presence. Because it's one thing for you to hear this message today. And you can hear this message and you can throw it out the door as soon as you leave if you want to. That's fine. Some of you might do that. I know it's nothing special. I understand it's just Matt Noel. I get it. Or you can take the good news that is trying to be presented to you this morning from God's word. And then you can begin to pursue more. You see, you can be told all the things about God. Hey, man, God loves you. God wants to forgive you of your sin. People are hearing these things all the time, but then it comes down to us what we do with it. Are we just going to leave it at that as good news that doesn't change us? Good news that means nothing to us? It's still good news. Good news is good news is good news. Now it depends on what are you going to do with it. So the shepherds with the angels parting in the sky were given the proclamation of this good news of the Messiah who came. Now it's up to them to pursue his presence. And so we find that in Luke 2, verses 15 through 16. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, now the angels are gone. They're probably just like, what just happened? Like, right, the music was blaring and this party in heaven, like, Savior is born. Christ has come, it's fulfilled, right? And then psh, they're gone. And they're just like, what? what's going on here, right? So the angels are gone into heaven, and the shepherds, they say to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. You see that? God made known the good news. Let's go now and pursue it. Let's go find him for ourselves. Let's make this personal for ourselves individually listen i'm going i wonder if some shepherds didn't go right some shepherds went i wonder if some said dude you're crazy i'm staying with the sheep i don't know but it's kind of some of some of us are pursuing god some of us maybe we're not too interested in it but it's our responsibility now to pursue the presence of god and they came with haste and found mary and joseph and the babe lying in the manger just as they were told they pursued the presence of God. Let us go now. And so we ask ourselves, what are we pursuing in this life on earth? What's our main pursuit? Honestly, what is it? Is it the presence of God? Because I know in my life, my desire is to pursue God more than anything. It is. But I also am aware of the many distractions that are all around me every single day in my pursuit of God. Are you with me in that? There are a million and one distractions, responsibilities, stresses, pressures, blessings, vacations to plan, houses to buy, cars to replace, cars to repair, Winter tires need to go on. Spring tires need to go on. We need an oil change. Well, I'm not sure why I'm talking about cars. The kids have to go to swim lessons. And on and on. There's a million and one things. 
And in the pursuit of the presence of God, these simple, not necessarily even sinful things can cause us to be so distracted to the temporary things of this world that we can find ourselves not being very zealous for the pursuit of God's presence in our lives. Amen? It's the reality for every one of us here this morning. It takes discipline. It takes a choice. They had to choose. We are going now. We believe the message. Now we are going. We want to see our Savior. We need him. We need his presence. Maybe some of you have had a long career, a successful career. Maybe now you're retired from that career, and now you're not sure what to do with your life. Honestly, maybe that's you. Maybe you're up in years and you're wondering even, how much more time do I have on earth? I would encourage you, use whatever time God gives you here remaining on this earth to pursue his presence above all else. Maybe you're a young child, a tween or a teen. Pursue God. Open up the Bibles. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you. Talk to Jesus like you would talk to your buddies. Pursue the presence of God. Don't allow distractions that will come to lead you astray from wholeheartedly saying, I'm going after God. We started 2020 believing a lot of people were saying, oh, 2020 vision. God, oh, we're going to see clearly. Woo, recompense for the righteous. And we believe that. And we still believe that to this day. But a lot of us went in believing this is the year. And boy, was it ever the year. But it wasn't what we were expecting. So you don't know what 2021 is going to be like. You don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. You have no idea. So now, today, you have today. I have today. So let let us say, Lord, today I want to pursue your presence. Whether I'm at the grocery store or at home with my family or at school on Monday or whatever it might be. I want to pursue the presence of God, not the things of this world. Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek him while he can be found. Seek him, pursue him while you have time. All of us right now are breathing. All of us right now can stand up and walk and move. Right now, you, you have opportunity to pursue God, every single one of us. I would encourage you to do it with all of your heart, all of your heart, and start small. Say, God, here I am. Please help me. Show me yourself. I want more of you, Lord. We know the famous scripture in James 4, draw near to God And he said, I would draw near to you. But it takes us starting. Let us go now to find the Savior, like the angels proclaimed. Let us draw near now. If we draw near, he will draw near to us. It's not, he will draw near to me, and then I'll draw near to him. It's, Lord, here I am taking the first step, God. I don't want to. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing, but here I am. Boom. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Pursuing the presence of God, not just hearing the proclamation, but responding and acting in faith, and then pursuing 
the promise and the presence of God. We read again in Luke 2, verse 17 through 18, we read about the preaching of his presence. Now when they had seen him, Jesus, the shepherds, it says, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. So they go from being shepherds to preachers. They see the, the, the Messiah. They see him. And now they go around telling everybody, listen, it's real. Listen, here's the gospel. He, he came. Remember, remember the prophecy of Isaiah? It's fulfilled. Look at He's right there. Guys, come on. Preach, preach, preach. And they're preaching the gospel. Now they're preaching. And the Bible says, all those who heard what the shepherds were preaching marveled at it. And again, I'm sure there were some who would maybe scoff. <laughs> Messiah, Savior, religion. I'm not religious. How will we know if we don't, if we don't proclaim it? If we don't preach it, right? The New Testament says, how will they hear? How will the world hear the good news if, unless there's a preacher, right? They're not going to hear it unless, it doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to start taking a pulpit to work every day. And then on my lunch break, I'm going to put the pulpit on and get my, my big black Bible. King James, yeah, okay, we're good to go. All right, thus says the Lord, right? I'm preaching, right? You're hearing? Are you guys listening? Hey, guys, put your coffees down. Listen up. Right? No, no, no. That's not what it is. If anything, that's going to get a muffin thrown at your head in the lunchroom, Fred, right? But what a, preacher, what a preacher is, is like the shepherds. It's real. I can't keep this to myself. Guys, listen, man. Jesus, he's real. He loves you. He came to save you. He came to redeem you. He's real. Listen, see it in my life. See it in my passion. Please see it in my example. My witness, see it in me. That's preaching. Right? There's some truth to that whole sentence where it says, um, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. I, I agree with that to a point, but we got to use words too. Use your words and your example, right? But nonetheless, become a preacher and proclaim and preach the presence of God. Again, we know that this Christmas season is different because of COVID-19. There I said it. I said the C word. I said the C word in church. Forgive me, Lord. But Christmas is different because of COVID-19. We're not going to be able to have very many people around us this Christmas. It's different. It just is different. We love the presence of family, right? The, the, the gathering of family, the presence of family. We love the gifts and the presence and the, you know, the closeness of meeting with friends and family and celebrating together. Well, it's different this year. But listen, that does not change the fact that God, by the Holy Spirit, His presence wants to be with you this Christmas. Whether you're alone in an apartment or with your individual family members in your home, God wants to meet you. He wants his presence to be with you this Christmas season. Despite the differences of it, he wants to speak with you this Christmas. He wants to comfort you this Christmas. He wants to fellowship with you this Christmas. And I close with this. The Bible 
says in Psalm 145, verse 18, the scripture says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Listen to that first part again. The Lord is near to everybody who calls upon him. So in your time of loneliness, in your time of confusion or frustration or irritation or whatever it might be, the Lord will be near you as you call upon him. And that's how I want to close the service today is I want us to call upon the Lord in agreement together corporately. And we're going to ask God that in a way like never before, like, like never before, why can't we ask him that? That his presence would be with us this Christmas like never before. That we, we wouldn't have to work it up. We wouldn't have to manufacture it, but we will literally just sense, God, you're with me like never before. I, I want that. I don't believe it just has to be same old, same old, and now it's even worse because of COVID. I believe that if we say, God, your word says you're near to those who call upon you. And so if your desire right now, this season in your life right now, is like mine, if, if you can understand what I'm saying this morning, that your desire is like never before you want the presence of God, we're going to ask him this morning together that he's going to meet us in a special way this Christmas. And it's funny because I remember as a boy, before, before we pray, I used to love the toys and the presents and I've always loved Christmas. It's always been so special to me. And I've always loved going to Christmas Eve and putting up the Christmas tree with mom and, you know, Christmas morning, of course, and hot chocolate and just everything about, you know, having family over and, and going to family's houses. I remember growing up with Carl Schultz and Alice Schultz. Remember going to your, your house every year as a boy, we go Christmas Eve to the Schultzes because the Germans celebrate Christmas Eve, right? Right on. Ooh. They get it one day. I was always, oh, I want my presents Christmas Eve. So we go over there, and years, years and years, we did that as tradition. Just everything about Christmas, I just, I've always loved it. But I remember, even as a boy, I knew it's more than just the food and presents and getting together. I, I've always known that. And I've always had, and I, I believe, I've always had this crazy love for Christmas music. Like, I've, I listen to it all year round. I'm telling you, no lie. Ask my son. He knows it full well. But I've, because it does something to me in my spirit, especially the, like the old hymns, the old classic hymns, Old Holy Night. And one of my favorites was What Child Is This? And I remember as if it happened just yesterday, I remember one Christmas Eve, I was maybe in grade three or four, just a little boy. I tried saying, hey, brother, Michael, can I sleep in your room? And get out of here. I want to go to sleep. So he kicked me out of his room, my brother. And, you know, I was so excited. And I remember having this moment. And I went into my room, and I took, I took sheet music, like a piece of paper with the words of, what child is this? And I remember I, you know, because you don't have tablets back then to look it up on Google. So I grabbed the sheet music that I had, and I, I remember putting the blanket over me. And I grabbed a flashlight because I didn't have a cell phone with a cell phone light. And I remember as a little boy, just a little boy, and I lie there and I would sing Christmas carols. What child is this you lay? 
But, I, but it was so much more to me than just singing. I felt it in my spirit. This love for Jesus, this, I, I knew that there was a special, and, and listen, even the world feels it. The world, it's the most wonderful time. Like, there's something about this time of year, and it's because it's the presence of God coming down to the world to save us. And even the world that rejects him, they know there's something different about this time of year. It's his presence. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And so let that, let that be our prayer for every one of us today. And maybe you've never prayed this before. Maybe you're like, wow, I can ask God for more of him. You can ask God whatever you want. As long as it comes in faith, with sincerity. So I believe God's going to answer that for each one of us. Because he knows, listen, God knows your feelings. He knows those feelings that come immediately when you wake up in the morning. You know exactly what I'm talking about because I know exactly what I'm talking about. Those, those feelings of opposition and heaviness, you know what I'm saying. God sees your feelings. He knows your struggles right now in what you're dealing with emotionally and mentally and spiritually. He knows. <clears throat> so we're going to ask him to, Lord, meet us in a special way and comfort us where we need comforting. And put your arms around us this Christmas in a way like never before. So let's stand and we're going to do that right now. I'm going to pray and just agree with me. Let's agree by faith. Father God, Lord, we look to you this morning, God. Lord, we come in all honesty and humility before you right now, Lord. And God, we hold nothing back. Lord, we realize we can't hide from you. You already know everything that we are going through right now. Lord, I pray for those who might be feeling depressed this Christmas. That, Lord, you would meet them in that state of depression. That, Lord, you would lift them up in your joy. God, the, the word says in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And Lord, I pray for those people who are feeling heavy and weighed down this morning. Discouraged and fearful and insecure. Maybe they're feeling some panic. Maybe they're feeling some anxiety. Lord Jesus, right now we ask that your presence, Holy Spirit, would meet those people right now in their lives. That, Lord God, they would leave this place this morning feeling that weight completely lifted off of them, Jesus. Lord, you are a God who can lift burdens. You are a God who can heal sickness you are a God who comforts the brokenhearted so Lord right now we offer you our entire lives once again and we Lord desire to pursue your presence not only for this Christmas season that is so different but God into the new year Lord that you would help us by your spirit Lord to pursue your presence more than anything father and we recognize we can't do it without you. 
So God, I just bless everybody here this morning, this Christmas. Lord, I pray that you would meet with them, God, every single one. Meet them with such peace, such joy, such comfort, such rest, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to keep our minds stayed upon the things of God, not things here on earth. Although we have responsibilities, although we have things that we need to deal with here on earth, Lord, I pray that our mind would be fixed on the things of of eternity, things of you, O God, things that really matter. God, we rely upon your grace, and we ask for more of your presence, more of your presence for every single person, from the young one of the age of one and a half, two years old, up to the eldest in this room. God, meet us, I pray, exactly where we need. And we thank you. We thank you for doing it, God. We pursue you this morning. We pursue you this Christmas season, God. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for answering, God. We thank you for answering in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Enjoy his presence this season. Amen. And drink lots of coffee. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.